podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday. Yes, I know I said on Twitter we wouldn't have an episode this week, but then I decided I wanted to have an episode this week, so that's what we did. Look, we could spend this show talking about the coronavirus and and COVID-19 and the impact that it has had on sports for us for this year. Um, there are other podcasts that have done a better job than I ever will. We had guests lined up for a show for Monday just for this topic, and I decided on Sunday afternoon, I just didn't want to. Like, I just, it it just, sometimes you just don't want to walk, talk about something that, that, that hurts. And we're going to have plenty of time to talk about coronavirus and its impact on sports moving forward. We will have guests on to talk about it. The financial impact of this is something that really interests me. Um, there are some guests I have in mind to bring on, Matt Brown being one of them, to talk about it. By the way, if you are not subscribed to Matt Brown's emails, you need to be. We've had him on the show before. They are really good, really insightful. He is one of my favorite go-tos when it comes to talking about the business of college athletics. Go follow him on Twitter at Matt Brown EP, M-A-T-T-B-R-O-W-N-E-P. You will not regret it. He's a great follow, smart guy. Uh, his email newsletter is one of my favorite things to read whenever it comes out. So we will have time to talk about coronavirus. I don't want to. We'll have time to talk about spring athletes probably getting another year of eligibility and what that's going to mean. Uh, I would love to get a an athlete on who uh, has lost their season or didn't didn't get to play in the postseason. We'll work on that in the future. Uh, interviews are going to be obviously what we do here on the show. But for today, I, I don't want to do that. Today, we've got three guests on the show. We're going to start things off with Jamie Steyer and Levi Stevenson. Uh, we're going to talk Iowa State quite a bit. Iowa State, what were the best Iowa State games this season look back. I'm going to talk a little bit about Iowa State wrestling. We got women's basketball. We got football looking forward. Really good interview. A lot of fun. It's a little bit of a long one, but I don't care. We had, we just let it roll. And, and moving forward from now on, when Levi is on the show, I will start it immediately when he gets on and not end the recording until he gets off because some of the things he says are ridiculous and hilarious and fantastic. And I, I can't even recount half the things he said after we stopped rolling. After that, Mike Schneid of Mike Drop Sports is going to join us. He wrote an article of the 29 games for the 2020 college football season that he is most excited to, to watch. Uh, he's got a few Big 12 games in that list. We're going to talk about those. You can find that full list. We will tweet that link out on our Twitter account at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. So this is a long one. I don't feel bad about that. I would say the podcast is going to come out a little bit more irregularly. We will do it at least once a week. I would say the Thursday episode is the one to look forward to, and we'll do Mondays when we can. With that said, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a single episode of the 1012 podcast. Leave us a rating, five stars if you don't mind. A review, please. We will read it on air if you do. Follow us on Twitter at 1012 podcast, T-E and the number 12, the word podcast. And with all that said, this is a fun episode. If you're an Iowa State fan, you're going to love it. If you're a Big 12 fan, you're going to enjoy it. Let's get to it. Welcome to the 
I mean, A, trust me, I went to a Dollar General. The only thing they're out of is like Lysol wipes, uh, Lysol spray, and toilet paper. There's plenty of hand soap, and there's pl- there's plenty of like actual soap because everyone's like, I don't want soap. Right. I want Lysol wipes. That's the cure-all. like. I want to be on the go. When did Lysol like people have turned Lysol wipes into? Do you guys remember that movie like My Big Fat Greek Wedding, where the dad just yeah sprays Windex? Windex Dude, everything? I'm not kidding. Yeah. I saw somebody walk out with like 30 bottles of Windex. I was like, What the <laughs> f- are you gonna do with that? that? <laughs> It'll be so fucking shiny. Oh. That's oh, just, also, Jamie, since this is your first time on here, Philip loves when you drop f bombs on his podcast. <laughs> Favorite. Uh, I mean, I'm already recording, so. Are you really? Yeah, I just went ahead. Well, fuck me. Looks like I'm gonna have a lot of beeps to include in the in. in you actually the- should leave them in and then just beep them out. It's so much funnier. Oh, it. I mean, I if if you let children listen to sports podcasts, that's that's what you get. So. I mean, Frank, like, because of the media stuff I do, I actually mostly don't swear when I do Bummer. media. I don't either. It's, it's a habit now. When you, like, when you actually do radio, then when you do podcasts and stuff, you're just like, okay, habit. That's where I'm like, yeah. I, I would, you could do. Not cursing is like my, is like how I get to being like a medium J journalist. So that's about, that's about how that works. <laughs> That's that was the trade off. Is like I don't want to be like professional, professional. So let's just not like drop curse words too much. That would probably be a good thing. Yeah, I like the small J. <laughs> Living the small J life over Living here. The small J. So okay, obviously we all know what's going on. I don't want to spend a bunch of time on uh, on the COVID, on the Corona. So we're just gonna talk about Iowa State today because I have a decent Iowa State following. And that is, of course, why we have Levi Stevenson of Wide Right Natty Light here back on the show. And we have a first-time guest who, and I'm just going to leave this in because I'm going to mispronounce your last name, Jamie. Is it Steyer? Steyer. Steyer. Yeah. It was, one or, it was 50-50. Like, it's, I had yeah. it either way. It was close. It's, okay. it's, you know, you got the more common pronunciation, honestly, so. So do you want to go as occasional uh, cyclone women's basketball radio or licensed esthetician? Does that, <laughs> which which reason did I bring you on the show today? Uh, 50-50 as well. <laughs> no, I, probably probably the all-around cyclone insider uh, would, wow. would encompass that. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be fun. I can tell already. That's a cocky description. I like is it, it inaccurate? No, not enough. <laughs> but since you get that intro, there's a hundred percent chance that when Philip intros me, I'm gonna be like, I can I can add sound effects to your podcast, Phil. You just did. Oh, did it's you think incredible. we were doing a formal intro? No, we're already going. I don't even. Care. <laughs> this no. is called. This is this is how it, uh, I'm. It, the only way I know how to get through this is with laughter, and so oh. I'm just gonna call it. This is Corona this is style. This is quarantine Phillips podcast. Yeah, this is what quarantine happens podcast. When I love it. My boss just find, learns that I flew to Phoenix and back, and decides that I should work from home, which is fine. Like I don't mind, but then we have conference calls, and they're like, "Why is there screaming?" I'm like, "Cause I'm at home, and I have a one year old." Like, and she screams <laughs> when she's upset, and so she screams when she's happy. So you know. There is a difference. God, that by sounds the way. like me. But there's a difference. Like there's a difference <laughs> with happy screaming and, and sad screaming. This is not the point of this episode, but it's whatever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so long story short, uh, I had reached out to to Jamie here because I wanted to do something different just to have some fun because I have to figure out how to fill this show up for the next however <laughs> long we don't have sports. And I was gonna do a whole episode just recapping the Iowa State women's basketball win over Baylor because it was such a big win. Um, we were going to have Jamie on, we were going to get uh, her mother, who is uh, one of the, a member of the coaching staff, we're going to try and get a player, uh, and then come to find out, uh, basically, everyone's sports teams are on like lockdown until they figure out what's going on, i.e. no one's going to talk about this, we're just going to move on and act like Basically, any kind of media, it just because they're like, well, we can't exactly control every word that comes out of your mouth, so we're going to be on the uber safe side, and that means basically don't do anything <laughs> unless espn or sports illustrator or yahoo come calling then it's fine but just not not for us lower j journalists and medium j journalists we're not we don't we don't fit the mold so that's when fine when we come I out understand. of the cave someday maybe we'll we'll get that guy off the shelf but yeah but it's fine so that led me to well let's just talk about some of the big wins for iowa state this year because i like i said i've got a good number of iowa state fans who listen to this show and Partially because I have Levi, Levi on, which I don't. I guess people like him for some reason. It's I seem so hostile. I don't know. That's my parents that maybe they'd like me more. No, 
I mean, I didn't think I'd get a guest more arrogant than you, but then we found Jamie and this is going to be really interesting. So yeah, she uh, is like, she walks in like, I'm the person that knows everything. Dirt, dirt. Well, and <laughs> I'm just messing. <laughs> when you find someone better connected and get them on here, then I'll take it back. That's fair. Ooh. That's fair. Oh, yeah. That... Just flexing all over your podcast. Dude. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I'm fine. My, my, I'm good. Like, I'm not insulted. My feelings are hurt. Okay. I, I pulled off uh, Mike Boyton for our OSU pod last week. So I'm just, I'm, I'm riding high right now. So Congrats no, on that. Thank you. Uh, it was I tried to get, I tried to get the new women's soccer coach and they're like, nah, bro. And I was like, oh, oh. Okay. Oh, I, I, I just went straight to him in, in his Twitter DM and he said, okay. So that, that no, I went, I went straight to the soccer coach too. And he was like, nah, I'm pretty, Iowa State says no. And I'm like, well, that's fair. Well, if he's new, you got to follow the rules for a little while. Yeah, then you can be fair. like, haha, I'm whatever. What are you gonna do? Fire me? Ah. Um, okay, so from a non-Iowa State fan, um, I obviously I follow the Big Twelve, so I follow Iowa State to some degree. I would say that the, the women's basketball win over Baylor was easily one of the biggest wins for Iowa State this year. But I'm curious. Let's. I want to recap what you guys think were some of the biggest wins this year, just because. Let's 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 look back to the past and think about the good times, not the current times, which suck. Uh, so how far do we want to go back? Let's just do this. Jamie, what do you think were your like three biggest wins? And I'm gonna let you guys go back and forth. Jamie, I'll let you start. What do you think was the biggest win of all Iowa state teams this past season? Um, gosh, you know what? I've, I was trying to, I was actually talking about this with some other people cause I was trying to kind of balance out. All right. What do I need to consider here? Obviously I think that, um, uh, from a from a fairly biased perspective, but also I have had confirmed to other people that they see it this way as well. I would say that the win over Baylor is probably a pretty pretty easy number one, just as far as unexpected senior night, all that stuff. I would put that as my number one. Um, I have to put in there as well. We had um, the NCAA. Uh, cross country champion uh, from uh, on the men's side was Edwin Kurgat. And so that's pretty awesome. And I mean, those kind of fly under the radar sometimes, but I mean, anytime you've got a champ, you got to put that up there. And then I don't know. It's also hard because unlike most people who are pretty well into sports, like I'm very much a cursory football fan. Like I have fun with it, but I don't follow it as diehard. So I'm, I think that like there's a football win that I could put up there, but for me personally, I would have to put the men beating seating hall, beating yeah. Seton hall, just because I'm like way more engaged with basketball. And at that point in the season, it was like, there was a lot of hope coming out of that. And I mean, you know, we're not, we won't go into like what happened the rest of the season after that but that was like very exciting thinking all right you know we've got some stuff that's starting to come together so that'd probably be probably be my three if i had to pick three okay i like hey look this is a a big time podcast that covers all sports i will do all of it i love seeing some non-football stuff that gets brought up because it never i think a lot of the let's be honest football gets more media coverage than pretty much everything else combined you could argue maybe it's like 40 percent football and then everything else, but football gets so much. It's nice to see the other sports recognized. And I'm a person who likes a well-rounded athletic department. You know, Oklahoma State's known for wrestling. They've got golf, all these things. I was as an OSU guy. Like, I like when you have an athletic department where, okay, football season's over. Like, you can actually care about and root There's for other, other teams. Things, yeah. You know, your, your school matters in sports after December, which is nice, unlike some schools where it doesn't. And yet they mm-hmm. think that's all that matters. And that's fine. That's what you, that's the only thing that you're good at. That's good. Good for you. But I like having a well-rounded athletic department. That's just me. All right, Levi, uh, what are your top three here for this year? Uh, so I guess for the sake of not repeating too much. You can repeat. It's uh, fine. You, you, well, you, you, well, I mean, like the Baylor, I would, I would say the women's women of Baylor was the biggest one, like period. Um, the football win over Texas was pretty big because that was Matt Campbell's first time beating Texas. That was my other one. Uh, that was kind of a monkey on his back, and they did it with the with the last second field goal. Um, that's that's a nice win, I think, and that was on prime time. You know, the black jerseys, the whole deal. Like, couldn't couldn't have been a better night. Um, 
here's a good one women's tennis beating yes. iowa for the first time in like 40 what 46 years yeah something crazy yeah. like that but women's tennis taking down iowa for the first time in over four decades um that's a big one for sure so um, I understand the women's tennis team now has a more recent win over iowa than the football team does right uh, I believe that is what that. I've never punched about. anybody in the face through a computer before. <laughs> Levi, as, as someone who has to dus- discuss the entire Big Twelve all the time, nothing irritates me in football season more than Iowa State losing to Iowa, which is just like, could you guys just, could you guys just do that? That would be great if you could just, if you could just do that. That I'll, we'll great. do that when you guys beat Oklahoma. Okay, how about that? You're gonna try and compare Oklahoma to <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> I mean, on a relative <laughs> basis, they're not that much different, <clears throat> given where Iowa State was. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that as my little teaser clip of <laughs> saying that Oklahoma and Iowa are basically the same team. You're a bad person. <laughs> You're a bad person. God. Uh, <laughs> bring um, this upon yourself. No, but seriously, uh, women tennis over Iowa. That's awesome. No, that's that's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, the yeah, football win over um, Texas was big. I I remember that one. I mean, yeah, that was that was a big one. Um, it felt like it felt it. like for the past few seasons it was going to happen at some point. Like it was just it's every year was like okay this might be the year they do it. For, I, I know that Texas was kind of back to being down this year a little bit, but it's still a a solid win, and I, I I was happy to see Iowa State get that one. I suppose kind of an honorable mention would go. I don't know how much it really meant in the in this grand scope of the season like that much, but kind of blowing out TCU was a good one. Brock Purdy had like a hundred yards rushing. Mm-hmm. I mean everybody had a great day all the way around. The seventy to se- or the whatever, how many seventy-seven points or whatever we put up on Louisiana Monroe was a good one, because um, we we hadn't done that in a long time. My um, other men's my- basketball one was gonna be blowing out Texas after like the injury and oh, all that stuff. Yes. That's like, did yeah. it really make a difference in the scope of the season? No, but it just felt nice to finally have a game that wasn't down to the wire where they looked like they were actually having fun again. You know, there was a little bit less stress sure. for a couple of days. Um, there's a couple, I guess. Um, oh, uh, shout out to uh, softball for beating number eight, Michigan. Uh, a few weeks, actually in Fe- on February 22nd. Sneaking so that weeks. in, in their limited season. Yeah. Sneaking in a win over number eight, Michigan. Did, uh, did baseball uh, have any big one. wins this year? What was that? Did baseball have any big wins this year? Uh, undefeated since 2001. <laughs> <laughs> lost. Um, wrestling is definitely on the way up. Didn't get, you oh, know, yeah. they, they did, they did pick up a win against you and I, that was a good one. Um, you know, didn't fell short against Oklahoma state and Iowa. Um, Iowa was, I, I'm not going to put too much on that one. Cause they're probably, they were probably the best team in the country. They, oh, they were going to win. Yeah. They were going to win the national title this year. They were. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. Cause they didn't. Um, <laughs> I've never wished success for Iowa in anything. Isn't if they it, were playing a football game against the Somali Pirates, I would I would root for the Somali Pirates. <laughs> so um, let me I feel like say, I've lost my edge that I can't say that anymore. I don't know if I should admit that. Let me just I, say, like, well, I, it's nice to see as as an Oklahoma State fan, like that Iowa State's wrestling is is on the way back up. Like, it's really good to see because the rest of the conference has been so crap. The rest for of the conference is not very good. Well, I mean, like, there's like it's it's. There's a few really good programs and a bunch of bad ones. No, there's like, one really good program. There's some good programs. There's a couple of programs with history that aren't too, like OU's got history, but God, they're awful. Uh, I mean, Iowa, Iowa State has history. They're not, they're not Oklahoma State, but, but they're Iowa finally State's, on the way back up. Yeah, but that's a program State is that, the third best wrestling program in history. Yeah, no, that's a fair argument. Uh, and it's good to see would, them back I mean, on the way up. They're not like they're not great right now, but historically they are a great program. But compared to where they were when, and I forget the head coach's name when he took over, Emily like Jackson. they're they're on the rise, and it's good to see. Like from an OSU standpoint, and honestly, like, they, they would have the never gone. They would have never gone down if they could have opened up the paycheck and kept Kale Sanderson. They would they'd have never gone down. Yeah, they'd still be they'd still be perennial national title contenders. They yeah. would be. Um, but Penn State decided to open up the checkbook because they wanted to get a wrestling program to compete with Iowa and Ohio State and whoever else, and. They they got it. Um, it's all that big that TV money. It. Yep, and but Iowa State Iowa State belongs in the top you know the top five of wrestling every year. That's I mean that's where they should be. Well, I, I mean, it's seeing I they... like 
seeing some of the Olympic sports and stuff kind of get back to some prominence is really nice because I think that's something that Iowa State always has going for them is that they have such engaged crowds for pretty much everything. Yep. You know, when you've got women's basketball perennial top three in attendance and, you know, I, I don't know that we've ever been ranked in the top three, you know, that's just one of those things. But then you've got, you know, gymnastics, I think either got very close to or broke an attendance record this year. I know that wrestling had really great attendance. And so just to see them seeing the success and then getting even more support from the community than they already do, which is already insane and really impressive. But then to see it ramp up exponentially is really cool because it just, it all builds off of each other you know having the good fan support makes people more excited to go in and it brings in more good recruits and good coaches and stuff seeing seeing the big the huge crowds that wrestling finally is starting to bring back was really nice to see because hilton was always like super full and loud and everything. it was a really hard place to wrestle um and now you're starting to get some of that come back because i think kevin dresser is is definitely on the, funny enough a couple years ago when i was working in cedar rapids i was working with a guy he actually wrestled at iowa um but so but it's obviously he's all Iowa all the time big wrestling guy knows everything that you need to know about wrestling um but he, he was actually say, telling me right after they hired right after Kevin Dresser was hired on and he got his staff he actually like we were just BSing about wrestling one day he actually said he thought Iowa State had assembled the best wrestling staff in the country an, an Iowa wrestling fan said that about Iowa State's wrestling that's like pulling teeth <laughs> oh that's 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 oh my god like that that's like something that's like a different level of he has respect for this coaching staff yeah wow and in I mean you know I, I, they're on the way up they've got lots of really good uh lots of really good young guys in that program right now and I think you're gonna see next year they'll probably make a run back into that top five you know, top 10 top five type of program um which, which is where they should be that's got me thinking about, uh, you know, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I don't think that we're going to have as long of a break between uh, Baylor wins as we did these last two. And we only had five years in between them. We've, we've got more coming up real soon because. For everybody that doesn't know, um, I, Bill Fennelly reeled in a, an amazing recruiting class. What was, it was a. Uh, but number oh gosh up third? there i would have to actually look at the number but it was a top five class i'm pretty sure i think I it was like third, maybe. i mean it's it's the best i've ever had by yeah, a pretty good close. margin first yeah. mcdonald's all-american in school history yeah. i mean it's it's they're, they're gonna be pretty like, wild i would say it's gonna be a top 15 top 10 team the next and for as good of players as they are like they're better people they cut they're oh, yeah. so dedicated they're i mean just itching to play like every time i saw any of their recruits for next year at hilton they just couldn't wait to be out there on the court and so supportive like have super supportive families you've got ashley jones sister coming in which is always super fun i know that they obviously have played together a lot so it always is nice to have that little bit of chemistry there's no one that's going to come in and like expect to be the go-to player where they're going to kind of disrupt a team that already really liked each other and already played together really well it's all I think going to complement really well and then having you know we had a post sitting out this year Lindsay Jasinski and she's a big body she's been wanting to play all year she was a transfer so she had to sit out but she's just so excited to play and so a lot of pieces that maybe weren't exactly perfect this year and we still managed to have success in spite of those missing pieces we've got them like in spades for next year yeah and i well i'm i'm a member of the basketball writers association and i actually just got an email the other day about them propping ashley jones for all-american the all-american team i think my my un, even an unbiased reporter i think would put her up here up there i mean she's she's a, she's established herself as probably top 5 top 10 player in the country yeah i mean when you look at statistics it's it's a pretty easy kind of comparison to make you know you can say oh well you know this is the team they've got around them oh you know they've got this they've got that but when you have numbers like that there's there's not a lot of arguments you can make that say that they aren't deserving of that kind of respect. You know, I'm not I'm not going out on a limb and saying, oh, you know, she should be national player of the year because she's averaging the most points and rebounds, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm very realistic. But at the same time, I think that 
to see Iowa State getting that kind of respect from their players is kind of refreshing because I know that growing up that wasn't always the case and so it's just been a lot of effort by a lot of really good players but also our media department and stuff really putting that out there and making sure that they're getting that respect but it's it's pretty incredible to watch that develop well and part of it too with her is that it goes beyond the stats too if you watch her play Mm -hmm. like you can just see she's always like probably the best player on the floor at any it's kind of another level it's a lot like when Royce White was at Iowa State where you could just watch him and no matter what okay. he was doing, who he was playing, doesn't even matter. He was he just looked like the best player on the floor at all times. I'll give you that. Even like when, even like when they played uh, like Kentucky in the tournament, and there was Anthony Davis and Michael Kidd Gilchrist and whoever on that team. Royce White was the best player on that floor that night. Yeah, he he looked he looked like the best player on that floor. Well, just always fully engaged. Like it's funny because I've done so many interviews with Ashley at this point, where you know it's a, it's after a game. And you're there, you're looking at the statistics and you're like, well, I knew that you scored those baskets, but I didn't quite realize that you also had 15 rebounds and you only had Mm -hmm. one or two turnovers and you drew 12 fouls. And, you know, she just, she looks none of the worst for the wear, you know, when you, I think that the most indicative thing on the season was when she leaves the court after fully dislocating her shoulder, crying, which I don't know that I had ever seen Ashley Jones cry before and she's back within five minutes. I mean, if that doesn't tell you all it needs to about a player, I don't know what would, cause that was incredible. She, she, she like somehow puts together like a sneaky 25 and 15. I don't know like, how anyone is ever sneaky about that, but yes, that's exactly does, it. I always does. look at the box score and I'm like, well, I mean, I look back on it and I think of all the time she scored and I suppose that's how it adds up, but yeah, that's just, that's just what it is. Like, oh, okay. Well, it's it kind of like George, like George Niang too, where like yeah. you just kind of do some stuff and you just show up and all of a sudden he's got 24 points. Like, well, okay. Not going to be yeah. the best athlete on the court. I mean, a good athlete, a pretty, a pretty good athlete, but it's more being a good athlete, but also being really basketball smart and working really, really hard. Absolutely. She's, she's a joy to watch. She's, she's phenomenal. So you, you mentioned the Iowa State recruiting class. They are, according to ESPN, the 2020 class is currently ranked 10th in the country 10th. with four top 100 players. So I don't think Iowa State women's basketball is going anywhere anytime soon. That's awesome. Um, I, Bill, Bill Fenley is just like, he's just like an A-plus dude. Like I, oh, absolutely. I've, like I've never heard one bad thing about Bill Fenley. Everybody I've ever met that has talked to Bill Fenley before just could not speak more highly of him. I mean, I definitely. Definitely take for granted, like after a win like Baylor, I really sat down afterwards and like read all the articles and stuff. And I was like, man, it's when you're basically family, you kind of lose perspective on like how incredible some of the stuff he does is. And it's, I mean, yeah, it's wild. It's absolutely insane. And like, he's one of two bosses my mom has ever had. She coached one season under another coach at Toledo, but otherwise he hired her out of college and they've been coaching together ever since i mean it's he's he's an incredible person it's wild i love watching him coach fantastic guys this has been fun i have enjoyed this this has been entertaining uh this is much more fun than talking about the coronavirus and covid (laughs) um and i love to you guys spent most of the show talking about women's basketball which is I'm serious when I say it's really nice to have an athletic department that you can enjoy from August all the way to, in theory, like May and June, you know, when when spring sports continue with baseball and softball. So props to Iowa State. It's it's too bad that, that they, you know, the tournament got called off, that we weren't able to watch Iowa State women's basketball continue and see where they, how far they could go this year. But I think if you're an Iowa State fan, um, you've got plenty to look forward to next season uh, and plenty of reasons to watch and show up and cheer. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely not wrong there. Mm-hmm. Next year next year has a chance to be a really good sports year for Iowa State because football should be should be better than – I mean, this should be the best team Matt Campbell's had. Mm-hmm. Um, basketball – men's basketball can't really get any worse. <laughs> I mean, um, they can, but yeah. – It might take some effort. Different. Big to differ, um, <laughs> but they've got some nice players coming in, and there's some there's some guys that are graduating slash leaving that weren't 
eh, weren't super positive contributions to the team. Um, and uh, women's basketball is going to be very good. Wrestling is going to be better. Um, women's soccer that that the hire that they made there. Uh, I know a lot of people are really excited about him. He's he's a good, he's a really good coach. If you like, he took Bowling Green like they were like they were like I think they were dead last or second last in the conference, and then they won a conference title like two years later. Mm. Um, <laughs> he's good hire. <clears throat> Volleyball is usually pretty good. Um, you know, the, next year is going to be a really nice should be a really nice year. See for, some uh, stuff come together. Yeah, for sure. Like where it's not just like a couple sports doing the rest of them suck. Like it's pretty much all of them are at least decent, decent to strong. Very nice. It's going to be, it should be, it should be a good year. That's awesome. No, it'd be, uh, uh, look, I, I have no reason not to watch and root for Iowa state. I just wish you guys would beat Iowa. It would make me feel a lot better. I think you guys would feel better too, but you know, it would be, this, it would be nice well, I mean, we'll, well, I'm, I'm certain we will talk about it at some yeah. point. I'm sure but, and we will talk barring, you know, this doesn't screw up football season. We'll talk about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I'll yeah, be excited but, to, to wait and watch. Uh, I'll be cheering now for, uh, am I saying this right? Oki state. Well, and <laughs> Jamie just officially has decided not to be invited back on the podcast. <laughs> You're so telling me Ted cool. sabotaged me. Well, I never, I, Oh, you took advice for Ted before you came <laughs> on the show. That's your, bad you have plan. no one to blame, but yourself. It's a bad plan. Wow. Wow. Hey, I'm ready. Why don't you just pull the pin out of the grenade, drop it right in front of you on your own? Like, good grief. That's not even like, gosh, man. Well, this so has this been the fun. Most I've, ever, I've, I've ever seen you. This is, this is fun. Uh, Levi, I guess. I'll positively just be, flabbergasted. Just be you next time, I guess. That's, that's fine. Nope. Well, first time, last time, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> uh, well, I know there's really a chance to just totally drag somebody on the way out, just burn some bridges. Uh, I got to have something else to do for the next two weeks, so I'll save on, I'll save those. Okay, that's fair. I appreciate that. I will say, though, this year, football has got a pretty good chance, I think. I don't think they'll be favored. They go to a bowl game or? No, for the Iowa game. Oh, okay. They'll, they'll, they'll be in a bowl game for sure. No, the Iowa game. Levi, as much as much nonsense as you drop on the show, I have to like poke you from now and then. What's the fun of having you on if it's not like, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm here to bring the nonsense. I appreciate it. And the beer. Yeah, I, I'm already on my second beer, dude. That's it? Those like, we've only been on this for like 20 minutes. The shortest podcast in history. I'm going to have more, just not with you guys. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> After right. I've been pitching terrific ideas, friends. let I this be a record that because I said Oki State, your listeners are going to miss out on incredible content. All right, this is on you. Well, with that, Levi, where can everybody check out the work you do covering Iowa State? Uh, well, obviously, Wide Right Natty Light. Um, the, the Twitter handle is at Wide RT Natty LT. Um, I just tweet random crap from my personal account. You can follow it if you want. It's kind of whatever. At Levi R. Stev, S-T-E-V. And then, uh, Jamie, it's uh, Stayer, is that right? <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> I'll take that. I can own yeah. that one. Okay. Jamie, we're going to check out the work you do covering Iowa State. Um, I write and occasionally podcast for the Tailgate Society under the man Ted Flint. That's at Tgate Society on Twitter. And then my personal, I don't drop a lot of uh, incredibly nuanced information. And right now it's mostly really terrible jokes because I'm going stir crazy already. But if you're interested, that is at J-S-T-E-Y-Z. J-Styes. Levi, Jamie, it's been an absolute pleasure. Jamie, I suppose we can have you on again. I mean, everyone gets a second chance. I'll see what my schedule looks like. Just have your people reach out to my people. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. (laughs) Who does my one-year-old call then on her fake phone to set this up next time? She's got my Twitter. Okay, She's not on Twitter. Come on, the place is disgusting. Or as you know. I know a lot of one-year-olds on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) we got a long time till the college football season starts but what the heck else are we going to talk about right now because like we've mentioned i don't know how many times in this pod i really don't want to spend a lot of time talking about coronavirus so mike schneid 
of Mike Drop Sports joining us today. Uh, about a little over a month ago, he put out his top 29 college football games to look forward to in 2020. Had a few Big 12 games or games involving Big 12 teams on that list, so we wanted to get him on here and talk with him about those. Mike, welcome back to the 1012, sir. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Hope everyone's well. I don't want to touch on it too much, but stay inside, stay safe, and yeah, I'm just looking forward to football and getting back to some normalcy. So this is nice to talk about this. Yeah, it's just it's not fair that we're forced to be inside, but we don't have sports to watch. Like that's the perfect like not, everything would be fine if there was just you know. But we could talk about it. it. it we can dream we can about, about it. it. We could talk about it right now. Yeah, yeah. Just I, also, can we talk about the fact that like people who just refuse to be inside that like. All we ever ask is to just be left alone so we can go home and not have to do things. And as soon as we're like told to do it, we're like, no, I am going to go to the beach and you can't stop me. I'm like, all right, well. Just stay inside. They dream about good times. They dream about football. Stay inside. And let's just, we're going to operate under the uh, assumption that college football will start as normal and everything will go off without a hitch because I don't even want to think about it being the other way right now. Uh, so, Mike, first off, okay, so you put 29 games in your list, and, and we'll make sure, I think we've shared it on the, the 10, 12 Twitter account before, but we'll make sure and share it again when the pod drops. Um, it Just before we started, is this list in any particular order, or is this just kind of thrown in? It's like everything that I put on MikeDropSports.com. It's just thrown in. It's just the thoughts that run through my head just put onto a page. Um it, these aren't necessarily the 29 best games, not necessarily the 29 you know, most important games, just 29 games that you know, as I'm going through the schedule, I'm excited for that I think can have a lot of national relevance and could be games that we're looking back on come next December, January that are like, wow, this result really impacted the whole season. So just some games that I'm looking forward to for entertain, entertainment purposes, offset purposes, just no, various reasons. And we can go through all the Big Twelve games. I can give you the thought process behind why they're on the list. Well yeah, well let's let's that's what we're gonna do today. And we'll just we'll work our way from the top down in the way that they're they're posted in the article. And again, these aren't in any particular order based off of one is more important or interesting than the other. This is just the order that they're in there. Uh first one up you have is Texas at LSU, which is obviously gonna be a rematch of last year's game in Austin that was a that was a big game. It was an exciting game. Uh, Texas gave LSU pretty much all it could handle. And at the time, I mean, looking back on it, it's a, it's weird coming into that game. You felt like Texas would have been the bigger team and LSU was going to be a big deal, but not as big as they were. And that it, it almost feels like it flipped to LSU was obviously the bigger team than Texas. Uh, obviously, a rematch this, this season isn't going to look nearly the same with everything that LSU has lost. But it's still a, a matchup between two national championship winning, you could argue, blue blood programs. Yeah, I mean, it means so much more to Texas than it does to LSU. I was I was really high on Texas last year. I thought Sam Ellinger would be in the Heisman uh, conversation. So Tom Herman, and I, I just thought this team would take the next step. So I was really disappointed with how the season turned out because I know injuries were a big, were a big thing. But yeah, I mean, this was a game I I, I thought they would college game day was there for the first time in forever just a big moment I, I was really surprised that LSU blew, um you know came in there and won that game it was a thriller I think 22-17 in the fourth quarter um but yeah I, it'll be interesting going into going into LSU Ellinger's back yeah LSU obviously lost a ton Joe Burrow had five, 500 yards last year so they won't have to contend with that. It's just it's a big game for the perception of Texas because it's one of those things. If you lose to LSU, not well, Texas, they're out, they're done. They're not in the national conversation for another year. If they win, you're gonna start to see is Texas back. And that's gonna start trending again. So definitely a huge game just perception wise for Texas. Yeah, nothing like announcing Texas is back two games into the season just to find out. <laughs> Because we haven't done that before, just to find out that, yeah, that, that that's not actually reality. Uh, move on down to the next one, Tennessee at Oklahoma. I am really intrigued by this game. Um, obviously, Oklahoma going to be breaking in a new quarterback. Spencer Rattler, a lot of praise around him. This is no U team that, you know, Alex Grinch, year two. The defense going to continue to improve, show some some more progress on the field. Welcoming a Tennessee team in who went eight and five last year, uh, started one and five. Don't know how they pulled that off, but they did. Um, it's a Tennessee team that I think is finally starting to look a little bit more like 
I think what Tennessee wants to be. I am young enough to not view Tennessee through the necessarily like full Phil, Phil Fulmer winning a national championship eyes that some older fans are. Um, so my view on Tennessee has always been like, okay, well, they're, they think they're supposed to be better than they are, but they're not that good. And there's a lot of reasons I don't think they'll ever be that good again. But this is still a, another opportunity for the Big 12 to to knock off an SEC team. And, and that's that's never a bad thing to do in, in the non-conference for, for conference respect. No, exactly. And that's why this game intrigues me so much is because, you know, not to state the obvious, there are five Power 5 conferences and there are four spots in the playoffs. So for Oklahoma to beat a reputable SEC team, it kind of just pushes along the thing that like, okay, Oklahoma, if they take care of business, they'll be in the playoffs. Or the, the Big 12 champion, if they knock off Oklahoma, might be in the playoffs. But if you lose to Tennessee, it it hurts a little bit. It hurts the perception of the Big 12. And it's going to be a major ding on Oklahoma at the end of the season. Absolutely. I don't... I feel good about Oklahoma heading into that game. I do. I think Tennessee's on the rise, but I still don't think they're on the level of Oklahoma at this point. But it's still going to be – it's a game that intrigues me, and I think it might – we're a long ways off. But it could be closer than people think. We'll just see. Uh, final SEC Big 12 matchup you've got on the list, Baylor versus Ole Miss in Houston. And this one I think is even more interesting than it was. Obviously, Baylor, new head coach Dave Aranda – uh, what is that going to look like there? What's this? What, what is Baylor going to look like? And then you get to him going against Ole Miss, and not just Ole Miss, but Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin, one of the most interesting and exciting coaches, and I say exciting not from the, from a coaching standpoint, more just a ooh, what's he going to say kind of standpoint. And this isn't like Egg Bowl level. That's going to be must watch TV, and that's going to be a week of fun. But I mean, this is a this is a, the first game for both head coaches at their programs. This could be an absolute mess, but it's going to be one even if it's not great football. I think everyone's going to want to watch. No, it's a it's a, it's a big game just because yeah, the, the debut of two new head coaches. Uh, Ole Miss has been pretty down the last couple of years, but they do have a lot of talent. Obviously, Baylor had you know by their standards a pretty historic season last year. So, how do they keep up that momentum without Matt? rule and with David Aranda. So just a game that I'm excited to see two programs kind of starting over and how they come out in week one. Okay. So your next one on the list that involves a big 12 team, I'm outside of maybe name recognition. I'm, I'm curious why you have this one in here. That's West Virginia facing Florida state in Atlanta. Now, obviously in most years you would look at that and go, okay, all right. That's a really interesting and exciting matchup between, you know, perennial national contender Florida State, a West Virginia team that's been pretty feisty and fun to watch. Instead, we get two teams coming in who are definitely, I would say West Virginia is trending maybe in the right direction with with Neil Brown. Florida State going to have a, a first-year head coach this year. Uh, why? How does this one land on your list? Let me just ask that. Two reasons. One is I'm all about connection and storyline. So the Bobby Bowden uh, connection to me really stood out when I saw this game at the immediately thought like, okay, Bobby Brown started at West Vaughn, Coach Florida State forever. He'll probably be there. Like, this is just a big game, like just thinking about them. The other reason is these are two pretty big-time programs over the last few years. West Virginia dominated the Big East for all those years, and they've been near the top of the Big 12. Uh, Florida has a ton of history. They've won a national championship in the last decade. But it's, it's two teams that were pretty down last season. And it's just it's a it's similar to Baylor Ole Miss from the standpoint that it's a really big game for both of these teams to get off to a good start, especially in year two of the Neil Brown era. Uh, West Virginia just looking to get back to a bowl game and get back to their winning ways. We're gonna trek on down to what is the only matchup between two Big Twelve teams that features Big Twelve teams here, and it's Bedlam. Not Oklahoma, Texas. Oklahoma, Texas is not on this list. And I, I want to say props to that because sometimes I think it's like the 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 fanfare and the pomp and circumstance and the fact that the fair is there sometimes make, and the history of the game sometimes make it a little bit bigger than it is on the national stage. Um, obviously, it's a big rivalry, especially in the Big 12. But outside of two years ago, uh, we went a decade where it really didn't have a major impact on the national scene. Instead, you have Bedlam where... While Texas was down, Oklahoma State took a step up. Bedlam became really a game that helped to decide the Big 12 champ for quite some time. I know it hasn't had that impact these last two seasons, 
But I'm excited for this game, both as an Oklahoma State fan and a Big 12 fan. Uh, it's weird that it's coming earlier in the year than normal. It's coming all the way in October, not in the final week of the regular season. What is it about Bedlam for you, though, as someone who covers college football nationally, that has you so excited? Well, I'll tell you this. I'm, I'm over Oklahoma, Texas. It's, it's just one of those things like, yeah, it has all the pomp and the fanfare. And, yes, everyone knows about the game. They know when it's on. But it's hard to look forward to it when I know Texas won in the regular season a couple of years ago, but Oklahoma just owns the Big 12. It's just I want to see Texas do something. I want to see Texas come back before I get overly excited for the same thing we see every year. I think Oklahoma State could be special. I uh, Chuba Hubbard, obviously, 2,000 yards last year, unbelievable running back. Tylen Wallace, I think he led the, the nation in receiving yards in 2018. Uh, just under 1,500 yards. I know he was depleted. He had some injury issues last year. He's back. Spencer Sanders could be really good. I love the trio of their offense. Um, if they have the pieces on defense, this team could win the Big 12. That's why I'm intrigued by this game, because I think if they can go into Norman and upset Oklahoma, I think they're going to win the Big 12. And whether they get to the playoffs or not, they'll at least get to the Sugar Bowl. But, yeah, I think – this is going to have playoff implications. This could be the, this is the big game for Oklahoma, not Texas. This is going to be the, this is going to be the scariest team that they play. Let me, let me say, as an Oklahoma State fan, I will never pick OSU to beat Oklahoma again. Um, I would also <laughs> have a hard time if OSU somehow went to Norman and, and and pulled off the upset, picking them to win a second straight time, as as no one at this point has been able to beat Lincoln Riley twice in one season. Though I don't know how many teams have beaten Lincoln Riley once in a season either. So it's kind of not a fair point to bring up. Okay, I agree. I think it's going to be a huge game in the Big 12. I'm I'm already both excited and and popping um, Pepto-Bismol for it. Uh, so let's move on down. You've got uh, you've got another Oklahoma game, and Oklahoma is going to travel. Well, how about Oklahoma games? Okay. Well, but I think they have some really good. They have some, first off. I think part of it, and I'll say this. I do think part of it's Oklahoma, and I do think part of it is you have some interesting opponents. Tennessee is a is an SEC team on the rise coming to town. Bedlam is going to be the at this point, the big game of the Big 12 this year, someone else is going to be better than we think, and there'll be another marquee game. We just don't know which one yet. But then you have Oklahoma and Army. And I think at this point, games against Army, against Power 5 teams, are intriguing. Army seems to play really well. Uh, their style is difficult to prepare for. It's difficult to play. Uh, obviously, Michigan struggled against them last year. I know that they, record-wise, were down last year, but Oklahoma barely beat them back in 2018. And now Oklahoma has to go to Army, has to go to West Point. Uh, this is a really intriguing, if you want to look for a game that's not a, a Power 5 versus Power 5 of the non-conference, I think this is one that a lot of people are going to pay attention to. No, definitely. And yeah, they lost in overtime to Michigan, even though they had a rough season. They lost in overtime at Oklahoma two years ago. They're just a feisty team. They're just really hard to scheme against, and they're just really hard to play against, especially just on like one-week preparation. But also, oh, I, don't, I haven't done the research on it. I, I should have. That's lazy. But I don't know the last time Army hosted not just a Power 5 team, but like Oklahoma, like a blue-blood championship caliber team so that's going to be a hell of a moment in West Point and for you know, for fans and for those that for the army I mean it's, it's going to be a huge moment for them to host probably a top five team at that point no absolutely it's a big opportunity for army uh, I, I will be keeping an eye on that game and then last on the list <laughs> you know, we talked Ole Miss Baylor is, is opening weekend. Florida State, West Virginia is opening weekend. I, as an OSU fan, I got OSU versus Oregon State on that Thursday. But then comes a game on opening weekend that's just <laughs> – if it's anything like the last matchup, is going to be must-watch TV. TCU going all the way to the West Coast to face Cal. And for those who don't remember, and I don't know how you wouldn't, and the only way you did it is <laughs> if you've been in a coma since then – is TCU raced California in the 2018 Cheez-It Bowl in a 10-7 game that combined nine interceptions and just 554 yards. It was the ugliest, most beautiful thing anyone had ever watched. That was the most talked about, tweeted about bowl game that year outside of like the playoffs and national championship, and those don't count because they are the playoffs and the national championship. And heck, people were talking about the Cheez-It Bowl from 2018 in 2019 and thinking, (laughs) why didn't we have one of those games this year? I don't, I am, I am two defensive-minded head coaches 
in California. This is a this is going to be must watch if not for anything other than this could be an ugly slog fest. 554 yards. How many times has an individual Big 12 team over the last five years put up 555 55 yards on their own? These two teams combined for it. It's crazy. I mean, people talk about Oklahoma, Georgia, the Rose Bowl a couple of years ago. It's the greatest game ever. No, it's the Cheez-It Bowl. I mean, that was – it's the kind of thing that, like, I just – I wanted to change the channel. I wanted to watch literally anything else, but I couldn't. It was so horrifying <laughs> that I was so unbelievably entertained. There were nine interceptions. It, it was just – it was really, really special to watch, honestly, in, like, the weirdest, saddest way ever. It's really hard to explain, but I think you I think you explained it. By just explaining the game, I think you understand why this is an intriguing matchup. It's it's it was <laughs> if you followed along on like Twitter and social media while watching it, it was almost like watching an episode of Mystery Science Theater three thousand, where the thing they're watching is so bad, but the commentary around it is fantastic. It's so bad it's almost entertaining. Like some of the best episodes of Mystery Science Theater three thousand involve some terrible movies that are all so bad they're almost good. Like that was this game. That was this game. It was like Trainwreck is wrong. Trainwreck is violent and awful and horrible. This was amazing. This was like this was a train wreck where somehow neither car ended up with a single dent, but there was a lot of weird, crazy, horrifying, like fist clinching moments during it. And TCU, well, uh, Grayson, I don't know how to say his last name, honestly. Grayson Molstein averaged 1.4 yards per completion. He had 27 yards passing. That's how? Uh, for a Big 12 team, how? Yeah, just <laughs> wild. Just, just wild. Just wild. And obviously, you know, uh, from a football standpoint, TCU was down last year. So, yeah, I mean, just important to go and open up the season with a win for them just to kind of get back to winning. There is a football reason for that being on here. <laughs> sure, of course. No, there's, there's plenty of football reasons. We just, you know, non-football. I just, it's the rematch we won't get, but good gracious, we we deserve it after everything we're going through right now. Mike, always a pleasure having you on the show. This was a lot of fun. Um, I it, this just gets me more excited for the season, even though we're still months and months and months away. Well, I from can't it. wait. But uh, you're going to keep covering it until it starts. So do me a favor. Where can everybody check out the work you do covering sports? Yeah, um, MikeDropSports.com. Mike Drop is spelled M I K E. Little pine off my name, and then you can follow me on Twitter at M S S C H N E I D. And yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Always a pleasure. Love, uh, love chatting about this stuff. It's a hell of a distraction right now, for sure. Podcast Network.